welcome to the voice of Dr. Yen. I'm your host, Dr. Liman Yen. In this episode, I bring my friend, Cynthia Michael, to join us. I mean, Cynthia Michael has been joining us before in the previous episode, and he's currently a high-tech industry professional, previous and entrepreneur, serving global customers with state-of-art technologies and high-tech products. Cindy Michael closed his entrepreneur business with China years ago after observed the CCP's systematic infiltration and stealing of intellectual properties from the United States. And Cindy Michael is also a Chinese I mean, he was born in China, but now he's American, and he has been to United States for many years. So he also know quite a lot about China, about CCP. Also, he have he has observed a lot of interesting things during uh, talking with friends, colleagues around him, and he realized there is a huge gap. Uh, of the combination uh, between Chinese and Americans on Chinese Communist Party and the related tactics, culture, and all these things. So he always want share his opinions about China, about this kind of cognational, uh, uh, cogn- sorry, cognitive differences uh, with our audience. So welcome, Sidney Lego. Thanks for having me. So when we start this conversation, I just want to introduce one news, which was reported in this week and is widely spread online because it's kind of the, uh, maybe the first of this kind of case happened in Canada that they have ordered uh, deportation of, of one Chinese woman because this Chinese woman was, verified has worked for China government on behalf of the CCP and the, where she worked with actually is the very familiar department. If you are my audience, you know that is a United Front Work Department, the, the organization which always organizes uh, pro-CCP campaign uh, activities like waving the Chinese flags in San Francisco to welcome Xi Jinping or um, organize the uh, pro-CCP conference like the China-US Business Forum or like this. Uh, Or one thing you may be more familiar with is Confucius Institutes and also Overseas Police Station. These two things are all in charge by United Front Work uh, Department of CCP. And this lady, so let's say what is described in the news. The Immigration and Refugee Board of Canada ruled this woman, Zhang Jing, is inadmissible to Canada on grounds she worked for the Overseas Chinese Affairs Office. So Overseas Chinese Affairs Office is another name of CCP's United Front Work Department which is conducting surveillance and intimidation against the Canadian citizens to ultimately generate foreign policy support for the uh, People's Republic of China. Zhang was employed by the uh, United Front Work Department from 2008 to 2019. And during this time, frequently traveled back and forth before uh, between Canada and China. 
John is not a Canadian citizen, nor a permanent resident. She specially, specifically worked as director of public relations for the Yangzhou Municipal uh, Office, means this uh, overseas Chinese social uh, affairs office from 2009 to 2019, and was the director of the overseas liaison for the Yangzhou Municipal Federation of Returned Chinese, uh, Returned Overseas Chinese. So Yangzhou is a city in Jiangsu province. Those entities now under the control of CCP's foreign propaganda branch, the United Front Work Department. So here, um, let me just uh, stop here and sit in Lego. So I have simply introduced uh, why the Can uh, Canadian uh, Office uh, Federal Agencies uh, not allow Zhang Jin to stay in America, uh, in Canada anymore and deport him. So here is his, uh, her working experience. And uh, from this working experience, you are Chinese. I mean, you are Chinese American. Could you tell audience what's your um, impression from this introduction about this woman? Do you think she is most likely innocent? She's not CCP, and this could be some misjudgment as they claimed, as those uh, especially um, a lot of pro-CCP's media claimed, or do you think it is very fair, reasonable, and uh, she definitely has worked out for communist China and involved into the suppression of Chinese people overseas, monitor Chinese people, and other work. Thanks, Dr. Yan, for uh, explaining the context and the case itself. Uh, apparently, from the news itself, in my personal opinion, this is just a tip of the ice iceberg. When we're observing a tip of the iceberg, we automatically imagine like how big the bottom is and how much it is in the deep. So in my opinion, this case, honestly, is <coughs> probably a case law or precedent law. What I mean by that is, uh, let's talk about this department, right? It's called Overseas Chinese Affairs Office. In Chinese, it means Chaoban. What does that mean? It, for someone, if you're a non-Chinese person, if you learn Chinese for a while and know a bunch of characters and can read it and can speak basic uh, basic language. When you see this terminology, Chaoban, in the native language, there's no way you can speculate what it is. It's like a American person um, seeing a acronym, right? The, just with letters, capital letters. You might gotta have some guess based on your background on that. But for a person that is not born or not familiar with the English language, if you just tell them an acronym, then they'll get be super confused. The name of this department in Chinese called Chaoban is the same thing. Until this kind of cases happens again and again and again in Canada, in Australia, in the uh, United States, people tend to not understand this whole system of the Chinese Communist Party. How do they infiltrate the Western world, the freedom world uh, of their dirty business, right? So let's talk about this. In English, translated into English, this department is called uh, OCAO or Overseas Chinese Affairs Office. So, what? Let, let's let's just put put the name aside, right? How would any government have a government have a government department that does overseas their own citizens' affairs office, both in their own country 
and also in a different in multiple globally in almost every single country in the world, especially in the United States, Canada, uh, Japan, Australia. Right. Why do they even do that? What did they do? Right. What's the purpose of that? So how do they even have fundings? How do they even have the resources and what kind of activities do they do? Right. This is already confusing just from the name itself. By definition, right? Overseas Chinese Affairs Office. What kind of affairs? Why do you even care about the overseas Chinese uh, stuff, right? So, um, the we we all know that the um, uh, the Chinese Communist Party they usually use Chinese people as weapon, right, to uh, go against the free world and go against their local government as well. However, because we're human, we are hypocritic. And we care about our own business, right? And their isolation um, circulating in the Western world as well. It's like Americans should invest in America. We shouldn't spend our money overseas, right? That's not the mental model of the Chinese Communist Party. Their mental model is on the other side. It's like they want to be the ruler of the world. They want to be the uh, rule maker. They want to defy all the orders of the of the world, right? That's why they they need infiltration. So <clears throat> let's uh, break for a second. Like, just say, uh, think about like how does this department work, or what what does it do, right? On the surface, the easiest understanding based on people's understanding or the or the world's understanding of the Chinese Communist Party, obviously, is going to do um, uh, persecution. Of the dissidents, right? People who doesn't agree with their political opinions, who doesn't agree CCP, they're gonna probably do persecution, do some secret services overseas for these people. That's easy to uh, to guess. However, if this department only does bad things to dissidents, Chinese dissidents, then it's there's reasons that that regular citizens, residents or local residents don't care about it, right? It's about Chinese people. It's about the people who flee from China and, and the government has is going to persecute them. It's going to do bad things about them. What does that do with me, right? It's a, a natural hypocrisy thinking style we do. However, this department does way more than that, way, way more than that. Um, I'll, I'll just list out a couple of um, examples, right? Number one, if someone or the Chinese Communist Party, they want to, um, uh, let's say, corrupt a local um, politician or government official, right? What do they do? They cannot send people from their embassy. Why? Because their embassy is under spotlight. It's under a lot of surveillance just by default. So they need some kind of organizations in the appearance of a appearance of a uh, civilian organization, right? Like this one, for example, it could be a um, technical Chinese uh, technology uh, association. It could be a young entrepreneur uh, Chinese organization. It could be a uh, some kind of province, like the people are helping those people from the same province to feel uh, at home overseas, right? They, they call it for different names overseas. They could call it many, many, many names, but they all report I mean, report to this department called United Front Network. And above the United Front Network, there's another one, uh, uh, which is called the International Department of the Chinese Communist Party. Um, by name, International Department of the Chinese Communist Party. So that's the department 
that does international things for the uh, Chinese Communist Party for what? For them, for their um, ambition to take over the world, right? They have those kind of hierarchy. However, at very, very front, at the very front, at the, at the, at the appearance, you see organizations with different names, decorated with different camouflage, right? They look like civilian organizations. However, they do and they report and they do business for the Chinese Communist Party. Several other business that this uh, overseas Chinese affairs office could do, based on my understanding of those organizations, right? If they want to um, want some companies, local business, to steal the IPs from the United States, what do they do, right? They are going to have someone communicate to local small startups. Some companies own the IP as if they're, they're a neutral organization. They're going to promise opportunities in China, benefits in China, and relationships in China, and they can even send threats to them. What, what, what I mean by threat threats means um, they could already have business in China, and they could threaten them, hey, I'm going to cut off your business in there if you don't agree with, uh, with us on this uh, uh, agreement, right? If you, if you do not uh, agree to do business, in this category, then we're gonna. There might be some consequences. They're gonna make it vague, make it like unofficial. They won't gonna put anything on paper, um, but they're gonna do it, right? So these kind of dirty works is from the business side or from IP side, right? And and another functionality of this department could be, let's say, TikTok, for example, right? We all know that TikTok is a, a Communist Party controlled company. They look at their investor uh, architecture, look at their server, their their physical server architecture, look at their technology, their 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 data uh, storage and data mining structure, look at the contents that is on it, right? Let's say if the Chinese Communist Party is gonna send some order to some specific office overseas or manage some kind of uh, um, espionage, right? Espionage or some kind of uh, um, special operations overseas. What are they going to? What, what are they going to do? In what form are they going to do? They can't use people from the embassy for the same reason we just mentioned. They have to use these kind of uh, small, quote unquote, small and random and civilian organizations to do those things. They do huge amount of work in, in there. So for me, as Doctor. Uh, uh, just uh, asked me, with my background, with my understanding of the Chinese Communist Party, as someone who lived, born in there and lived there for decades, um, what do I see, what do I see in there? Just from a surface, I'm gonna say it, it is their IC center. It is their intellectual um, uh, center in the in Canada, and it turns out that some of the business that got caught in evidence legally in Canada, so. The, the legal department uh, decided to, and that probably national uh, security department and their IC department listing out those evidences and have this case to do what? It's a, honestly, it's not a big case. And this person is not a uh, Canadian. It's not a Canada citizen. She is not a uh, uh, permanent resident in there. Um, so in theory, this this person could be just deported. However, we, what we're seeing is it's all over the media. There are consequences and there, there are big reports on this one, right? Why? Because the Western world needs some kind of case law or precedent law so that similar cases, way worse cases, could use this case as an example so that they can cleanse all those like hundreds, thousands of organizations and and, and even like thousands of thousands of people, um, the spies, I would say, yes. the Chinese Communist Party has infiltrated already into the Western world, right? This is my understanding 
just at the surface of this case. Back to you, Dr. Yan. Thank you, Sidney Michael. You really have explained a lot. Yes, I agree that this will be a pre, uh, it, it will be a juris, uh, jurisprudence in the future and it will provide a very good example case for the uh, future of uh, this kind of um, legislators or the um, judges or the government uh, staffs. And let's see. There are some interesting details about this case, so I want to further discuss with you. So, according to the report, the Minister of Public Safety and Emergency Preparedness applied for the order against Zhang Jing, claiming that Zhang Jing's working, previous working place, the Overseas Chinese uh, uh, Affairs uh, Office, OCAO is an organization that engaged in acts of espionage against Canada and against Canada's interest by infiltrating and gathering information on overseas Chinese communities in Canada and other countries targeting Chinese citizens as well as Chinese Canadian citizens. The minister didn't claim Zhang conducted espionage herself. Rather, her long-time affiliation with the OCAO made, the, made her inadmissible. And the panel did find, however, that Zhang actively worked for the OCAO, traveled on behalf of the OCAO, and represented the organization internationally while being aware of its tactics. According to the decision, Zhang Jing argued that she had made multiple visits to Canada wherein she truthfully, uh, she truthfully detailed her employment in government positions and travel history. However, the panel found discrepancies in Zhang's testimony and she tried to downplay her association with the OCAO and her government positions during her inadmissibility uh, in hearing testimony as well as her knowledge of the interference work being conducted by OCAO. So the panel found Zhang's work ultimately contributed to the goals of OCAO, that means China's CCP's United Front Work Department. And by the way, this was, uh, deportation was ruled last August, but just recently it became publicly. So there are some very funny details, I mean, interesting details that first, uh, why do you think the uh, minister in Canada said they don't have evidence of John's espionage? Because according to our knowledge as Chinese people and uh, also as people who have been working for NTCCP for years, we all know that John definitely has involved in CCP's overseas uh, espionage activities. There could include the uh, like the stealing IP, including the academic espionage, including the uh, like coordinate with other department. But first, why do you think they cannot uh, they cannot get evidence about John's uh, espionage activities? I think it's partially because they they lack of knowledge of the CCP's uh, structure system, and also CCP is very good at uh, covering up all this evidence. And another thing is, I would say, the cognitive interference conducted by CCP against the Canadians seems to work very well. 
So what do you think about that? So just from the surface, right? Um, this department says this person in this department is being a liaison of the um, overseas. They call it overseas liaison, right? What does that mean, right? In my opinion, this case itself is a huge victory of the cognitive war that Dr. Yan has been uh, working for years to um, influence the Western community, right? So what I mean by huge victory is that if we, if we follow the simplest logic of this case, right, it's not because this person is doing uh, espionage in the in Canada. It's because this person belongs to a organization that the Western world knows what, what the organization does. Therefore, this person needs to leave Canada. So what kind of organization will a person belong so that the person needs to be deported, right? A few examples. If somebody belongs to the Taliban, right, this person need to be gone, need, need to be away from the United States and Canada. If a person be belongs to Hamas, they need to be, go away, right? If a person belongs to North Korea party, their 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 whatever the party is called in there, this person need to go, right? Why? Because we know, we know our system know our our government official and our system knows that they're gonna these organizations. Their purpose is to destroy the Western country. And the same logic applies to this case as well. This organization, the Western uh, uh, world, know what they're trying to do. They're trying to do espionage in, in, in our country. They're trying to destroy our rule of law system. They're trying to de destroy our constitution, our national securities, right? We know, therefore, based on that, based on based on a agreed, um, I would say convention, this person need to go, right? That's This is like the simplest um, uh, logic of this case itself. Now, <clears throat> it is for normal citizens, let's say, um, if if I'm not from China, if I'm, I just, I was born in the United States, if I have my, all, all my academy work in the, um, all, my, all my schools done in the United States, right? It is as a citizen, it's not my responsibility to know a organization from another country. It doesn't matter what it is, right? It could be North Korea, it could be China, it could be Russia. It's not my job to know what they do, but it is the job of the government. It is the job of the National Security Department, the IC Department, the National Security Department to know what each of those organizations do overseas, right? This case basically proves that a fact, this is a proven fact already, in my opinion, that the Canadian uh, government and their IC department and their national security department know this uh, this organization OCAO. What did what the organization do? What's their purpose? What's their structure? Uh, what they're trying to uh, the way they they want to um, do espionage in the in, in Canada already. That's where we're we're seeing this case. Now back to my own perspective, right? If somebody is asking, "Hey, you don't have evidence. Why do you deport someone when you don't have have evidence?" Right? With my background, <clears throat> the way that I know CCP, the, the way I know how they operate and what they are trying to do, right? As a Chinese myself who has lived in China for decades, right? If I see, I'm like in my community, right? In one of the plaza, there's a store opening. And, and it says like some kind of um, association, right? China, young Chinese um, overseas uh, help center, right? something like this. I'm gonna stay the heck up away from it as far as possible. Why? Because number one, 
they're not helping. Even if the, the, the sign says it's helping Chinese, they're not helping Chinese at all. They're trying to um, persecute and, and, and then catch those dissidents that disagree with them. Uh, I'm going to stay away from it because they're going to have a lot of uh, connections with the Chinese government. And number three, if I have anything that could be up to their use, they're going to take advantage of me and force me and threaten my family. Uh, sorry, not my family, my friends, my relatives in China to say like, hey, if you don't do this, somebody's going to go to jail. Somebody's going to lose their business, right? I know they can do that. Again, this is with my background, with my knowing what they do, right? I'm going to stay the heck away from it. Now, the same cognition now needs to um, be introduced to the free world, to the local um, citizen who's not who does not have the background knowledge as I do. Why? Because these guys are not just persecuting Chinese people, dissidents. They are trying to over, overtake the local government. They're trying to destroy their, our own community, our own society, our own constitution, our own national security, right? This same coordination needs to be introduced very urgently, very critically to the free world, ASAP, in my opinion. Back to you, Dr. Yang. Thank you, City Legos. Uh, I think your uh, understanding of CCP definitely can provide our audience the um, extensive knowledge. And also, I think there are a lot of details we can discuss based on this case. But uh, like what I feel also very interesting is at the, uh, the report in the report that is that Zhang even argued that she truthfully detailed her work in the government. So it's kind of, you should not use this reason to uh, deport me because I'm so honest. And then later uh, she was found by the panel that her testimony is descript had discrepancies and she tried to downplay her roles in this uh, government uh, office and also what she has done. So why does she need to do this? Clearly, as a CCP member, she always know, and I'm sure she should be the CCP member, because, uh, even though you cannot, uh, you may not have evidence because some of the, many of the CCP members are the underground party member. That is a traditional term from in CCP's history. That means they are secret CCP member and they never tell you they are CCP member for their uh, convenience of their work, especially overseas. So. Will she downplay these things because she knows she has done something bad to undermine the uh, interest of Canada and also the Chinese people in Canada? But she still want to go to Canada and stay there. She claims she has retired and she want to immigrate to Canada. And do you believe that she would stop her work? And as such an official from such an important um association, uh, the organization office uh, belong to CCP. She had extensive experience in conducting CCP's missions, uh, including the overseas missions, because she has traveled frequently between China and Canada. So according to my opinion, I would say it's very likely she won't go to Canada for further mission. At least she could be a senior advisor in the campaign, and Canada is CCP's uh, backyard. That is what CCP always used to describe Canada and Australia. So, yeah, no, it's not um, surprising if they want 
enhance their powers there. And also, if you could influence Canada deeply, then definitely you could influence the United States in another way. So let's have a short break and we will come back continuously talking about CCP's overseas activities and influence via this kind of organizations, campaign, and via their officials, via their staff, like this uh, woman Zheng Ting, and what we can learn from that. Thank you. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's foreign protein cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Who's got time for a nasal invasion messing up your lifestyle? Crush those nasties before they become a problem. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order with the coupon code OUTLOUD, you'll receive 20% off the entire purchase. Go to americaoutloud.shop. That's americaoutloud.shop and use coupon code OUTLOUD. Use Cofix RX because it works. ASEA believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our customers will tell you how our products have made a difference for them. From improving immune health and supporting gut health to reducing the appearance of wrinkles and even improving mind, mood, and energy. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud for 25% off. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. When God, through His grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all.
the voice of Dr. Yan. I'm your host, Dr. Meng Yan. And in this episode, my guest, Sidi Lago, another Chinese,、uh, now is a Chinese American,、uh, want to share his opinion with you、uh, about. I mean, we will talk based on the case happened in Canada,、uh, which is about the Chinese woman order deported from、uh, Canada over espionage risk. And this would bring us a lot of. Insights and also,、uh, this is a great lesson. And I'm sure、uh, not only Canadian government can learn from it, and it will also provide a lot of helpful information for Five Eyes and for the other、uh, Canadian U.S. allies in the free world. So we have talked about that.、Um, this woman Zhang Jing, she commission, she claims that she retired from. Uh, China government, the overseas Chinese affairs office, and she want immigrate to Canada, but they found that she has downplayed her、uh, roles in this office and also her positions, and also、uh, they know her knowledge of interference work being conducted by that office. And basically, as I said, this OCAO office is another name of CCP's United Front. Work department. So let's go back to see some basic knowledge. When we talk about this office, oh, first is you may ask me why? Why do they need another name of the United Front Work Department? So why they need to give another name to this department as some overseas Chinese affairs office? I mean, most of people you don't check online, you would ignore that. They are the same department, actually, because one reason is, I mean, this is very common in China in CCP's、uh, systems. One reason is that this overseas office can、uh, is, I mean, according to the structure, it would be put under the state of cancel. So when you have the state cancel. You have to have different department, like the、uh, foreign affairs department,、uh, de- department of、uh, defense, right? So you also need some、um, for CCP. They also need some this kind of office to tell、uh, the public that we will we have a government. Our government have all the、uh, this kind of same、uh, setting or similar setting as democratic country. So. Uh, I will tell you, CCP is not a tyrannous country. We also have these characters of democratic countries, and we have different departments under state council. So this is one of the department. However, this is just to show it to, especially the West, that oh, China changed,、uh, especially after、uh, some months period, they have reestablished the. Relationship with U.S. They become more and more open, and we believe they will be more democratic like us. And also, so you see, they have all these functional department、uh, under the state council. So yeah, this is a kind of good impression from China to the public. However, CCP need to keep. I mean, maintain its.、Um, That kind of nature. The nature is this whole communist party was founded based on 
learning is the organization. I mean, basically, you can consider it as a clandestine organization. It's all controlled by uh, the espionage uh, activities and also this kind of uh, secret things. So when they try to conduct the secret activities through espionage, one thing is this kind of overseas affair office under the state council can provide a perfect cover that when they come to United States or Canada, when they work with you, when they join the international conference, you would ignore their real identity behind this brand. You will only remember, oh, this is a person I made. She's from the China government. Oh, yes. And see, uh, they they all behave like the modern officers in the modern countries in the free world. So you will lose the vigilance. And this kind of fancy name, like Office for Overseas Chinese Affairs, it's kind of, they are serving you, you know, they care about overseas Chinese benefits. So you would feel, oh, so say CCP provide more support for the Chinese people, even when they stay overseas, they have specific office to um, help them and also to communicate with them. So this sounds very beautiful. And it's like CCP is really a lovely, fam lo a lovely family and they love their people and they, they really uh, will become a nice, I mean, this regime will become a nice country as they claim that in the future will be a great country and with all the people enjoy the life. So, I mean, this is just one of the examples to tell you how CCP manipulate some terms, the settings, uh, which is familiar by the free countries to interfere your cognition. And uh, this is always, as we talk about, part of cognitive interference. And uh, you always, little by little, change your mind or get twisted and uh, later sh shape or reshape some misimpression uh, about CCP. And little by little, little by little, this will change the public opinion. This will change the uh, policies. And this will be... Uh, very helpful for CCP's uh, activities, especially those activities underground. So, and also let's say their functions, the functions according to the introduction by the, uh, just from the, their website is including unify to leader the, unify and leader the overseas United Front work, manage the overseas Chinese, uh, administration, this kind of uh, business, and also make policies and study, investigate and study the overseas Chinese, uh, their situation and uh, within China and overseas. Also, they coordinate and lead the uh, this kind of work or activities related to overseas Chinese for example, contact the uh, overseas uh, associations and uh, of the overseas Chinese and also their representative. And and the last thing is, I mean, the public in public is they need to promote and instruct 
the propaganda related to overseas Chinese and Chinese education in the Chinese culture exchange. So basically, China has packaged all these propaganda business and brainwashing business and uh, surveillance business all into this office and make it look like the government care about their people outside, want to give them better education and a better support. But inside, it's all this kind of hidden uh, propaganda or soft propaganda and little by little from even the childhood to brainwash to manipulate the even the overseas Chinese kids. And they also make sure that all these kind of Chinese association overseas have their people inside all instruct their work. That means, for example, if you are a business guy, you may have joined or people will introduce you to, uh, for example, uh, California Chinese uh, Business Association. And in this kind of association, you will, your information will be known by uh, their like the, uh, some management uh, uh, managed, uh, managers, and then these people would submit it to this department. So your information will come back to CCP's hand. They know you and they won't use you if it's necessary. They know how to find you. They know what they can do to you. And also like they could organize different kind of activities to make you feel you can get awards, you can get promotion or you can get benefits. And for example, bring you to China and for the conference exchange, but then they will manage to either uh, convince you, bribe you or um, kidnap, not kind of kidnap, blackmail. That is more accurate. Like set some traps and then blackmail you to work for them. This is very common tricks. And it always, I mean, if you know the USSR, Soviet Union also always do that, but CCP has copy pasted it and developed it in a more sophisticated way. So this kind of thing all under United Front Network. So this overseas office in charge of these things. And the lady, she worked in the office before, also based in China. But it doesn't mean she can't instruct, she can't organize, she can't organize the things overseas. Actually, if she based in China, she could do more things with the information submitted by overseas local association or branches. So, sitting like, uh, uh, what do you think about that? I think this is a very uh, great leading point of a very complex system. So I'll, I'll try my best to uh, explain. Hopefully, uh, uh, our audience in the Western world could get a sense of it. Right? I'll use a metaphor to get started. Um, imagine a big corporation, for example, Microsoft. Right? Um, in this in this huge company, and and I work in a very very small department, for example, and I have this idea of a revolutional product, right? The thing is, there are um, a lot of uh, resources 
from this company that could be of my use. I'm just a very small department with maybe this one or $2 million budget every year, which is quite small for corporations, right? However, the amount of resource I can access is billions or even trillions of dollars globally. Um, I could pitch my idea to my to my uh, colleagues and then get some funding, start a team, right? I can get marketing support, I can get sales support, I can get engineering support, operation support. And as long as this thing can benefit the benefit of the bigger corporation or the big, huge corporation, then guess what? This little idea can just like wheel up, spin up to uh, to become a big idea and, and, and make it happen, right? The same metaphor, Happened, happens for Chinese Communist Party and these little department like the the the, the uh, uh, example that Dr. Yan just mentioned. Like for example, the, there's a little organization called Chinese California Chinese uh, Entrepreneur Association, something like that, right? Um, if if that exists, right, this little organization, as long as they can have ideas and operations that can hugely benefit the ben- the profit, the vision of the Chinese Communist Party, then a lot of the resource, as long as you have enough resource, the idea is big enough and your your uh, work is good enough, the impact is good enough, you can use their resources. So that's what I meant by, uh, uh, like, for example, um, uh, when we're saying, right, the small organization um, could, like, having, uh, could could threaten the uh, family, family members or business partners or uh, uh, offer uh, local police uh, support, right, to uh, take their relatives to prison or uh, give some investment, a huge amount of investment locally, right? It's not belonged to this department. It's belonged to the Chinese Communist Party. So imagine Chinese Communist Party as a nation-sized mafia or nation-sized corporation, right? That's why they can do a lot of little things. So going a little bit deeper on um, on, on the size, right, um, on, from, from the surface going a little bit deeper, um, how, why does a corporation, or what, why does does the Chinese government design their system to be so complex and all interlevant? This is, a, in my opinion, this is a key cognitive difference between the Western people versus people who has lived in China for decades. Why? Because in the U.S., for example, right, if I have a tax issue, right, IRS Internal Revenue um, uh, Department, they will charge me. For the crime or mistakes that I did, only regarded uh, regarding to tax. If I'm having a domestic problem, crime, right? It's they won't gonna even get involved. It's gonna be some other department to charge me for my other problems, right? But it's not the system of the Chinese Communist Party. Every single thing is interleaved. This United Front Network, one little department reports to the United uh, Front Network. Could, could spin up a huge amount of resource in China. Why did I design it like this, right? Because the Chinese Communist Party, first of all, they want to take, uh, take down the, uh, the rule of law system of the Western world. The, the whole uh, law legal system that we have done for respect agreements, respect the, um, uh, each other's human rights, all those things, they want to take it over. They want their law to, uh, to rule the world, right? This is first of all. Second of all, they designed the system so that the Western uh, world will not easily to understand how they operate. Therefore, they can buy time, 
and they can play games, right? Just because of uh, the the Western world don't know how they operate. I'll take one example in the in the technology world, right? I, I work with uh, world class um, uh, programmers, like um, the computer programmers, uh, at a daily basis, right? Internally, your code is supposed to be readable by most of your colleagues, even non-technical person. Like you want to make it as uh, as easy to understand as possible in a systematic way. However, when you're publishing your code to the outside world, you want to encrypt it. What do you mean? What do I mean by encrypted? That means you want your code to be almost not readable at all from the uh, from the the external person, right? You you want them to not be able to understand. For what? For your own protection, for your own IP protection. It's the same thing for the hierarchy of the Chinese Communist Party. Their hierarchy is so complicated that Western world, if there's no expert, there, if there's no effort, resource, uh, budget allocated to understand them, as if right now, for example, right, we have to, the Western world has to understand them. Why? Because they're killing people. They're doing espionage in their own homeland. We got no choice. So they have to decode the encrypted hierarchy system of the Chinese Communist Party. They designed the whole system like that so that the Western world, the normal citizens, right, local government officials, they have no idea how they operate, right? In this case, for example, right, in my opinion, I'll just give some example, right? There was a case a couple of weeks ago, or sorry, just one or two weeks ago. Um, there are several Chinese individuals are importing chips, uh, microchips, to China and then export it to Iran, right? Those are wanted people for the United government already, United States government already, right? So the thing is, if you look at this case, right, if we go back to uh, uh, to the Cold War era, or if, let's say, um, based on what we understand about Iran, right, what is this? These these people are doing. They are spies. They're not like business people. They're not uh, normal like the uh, collaborator, CCP collaborator. We call them spies in Cold War. But now in these days, we don't call them spies. That's this is a huge coordination gap because we don't know what Chinese people, uh, Chinese Communist Party is trying to do. We don't know what the what the Chinese Communist Party plans, what's their way to do uh, their things, right? So this huge gap of co cognition caused all those problems that we're having. So now back to uh, um, uh, the this case in my in my uh, in my opinion, John Jing's case in uh, exportation, deportation case in my opinion is a huge win in the legislation system. Why? Because there is a saying in uh, the, the uh, Chinese community, I, I wouldn't say Chinese community, but like the Communist China-based uh, Chinese community saying, everybody's thinking the system in the Western world, the United States, Canada, being very, very slow. They are less effective. They have too many processes to do, right? So with those cognitions that we just explained, we need a very solid case, exemplary case, a case law, a precedent law, so that all those people belongs to the espionage organizations, including United Front Network, including the uh, OCAO, including the uh, uh, the International um, Department of the Chinese Communist Party. Anybody works for those organizations, anybody works for the sub-organizations, anybody has business to do with them, should it apparently be a civilian or governmental, it doesn't really matter. As long as those connections established, 
And based on what these departments do, those spies, I'm calling them spies, needs to be, this is like not a, uh, I, I, I don't need to go over a very, very complicated, complicated legal process anymore. I can just for my own national security protection to control those people from uh, what they are trying to do in our homeland. Back to you, Dr. Yan. Thank you, Sidney Lago. Uh, so let's see, when we talk about this case happened in Canada, do you think this lady is the only one they can find from, uh, in Canada who has worked deeply with CCP involved into espionage and also suppression, uh, all this kind of uh, illegal works based in China towards uh, Chinese people in Canada? Oh, you think in the future we would see a lot more this kind of cases? And also, by the way, uh, what do you think about the situation in the United States? I mean, Actually, for me, I think this kind of people are like just how to say, uh, if you draw any like this kind of local um, Chinese gathering, uh, for example, to celebrate Chinese National Day, to celebrate Chinese New Year, uh, or to help local people to learn Chinese culture, I mean, you will meet at least a handful of this kind of people in the same occasion. So what do you think about the future situation about those people? Do you think they will all be deported or it also will take a long time for them to can argue and again and again waste a lot of resources and money from the federal government and all, no one even care much about that. This would be just one individual case. So um, I'll just lead this into one example, right? She uh, visited San Francisco uh, a couple of months ago. And for some reason, the whole, there are pro-CCP protesters with, organized by pro-CCP organizations flooded San Francisco, the city. And there are sayings that on the street, you couldn't even hear anything besides the national anthem of the Chinese uh, Communist China, right? Where those people come from? Where those organizations come from? Are they legally operating in, in, in the United States, right? This is a very, very concerning point Why for me, because I love this country. I need national security. I need a good life. I need a safe environment. I, have, I would never allow this country to become a communist country. Therefore, a couple of things. When we're saying propaganda, a lot of people are still thinking about propaganda, the, the, the Communist Party's propaganda as like their songs, their shows, their uh, uh, false news, their reports, right? No, it's not just that. The Chinese Communist Party is way more smarter than that. Take TikTok, for example, right? The way that TikTok does propaganda, the uh, Chinese Party propaganda is not by uh, broadcasting a whole bunch of uh, garbage information, right? They're smarter than that. The way they do propaganda is by removing the facts that goes against the Chinese Communist Party. People might gonna argue in these days saying, hey, that's just a, a not so par uh, uh, transparent uh, media, right? I can just selectively still keep the media and selectively listen to it. No, why? Because if we go back to World War II, right? A media 
that removes or filters uh, anti-Nazi information is a pro-Nazi media, right? It's very clear. If we look at World War II, right, media does uh, removes anti-Nazi news means they're pro-Nazi uh, media, right? Thank you so much, Celine. I got especially uh, the last few words about how Chinese should do in the future. I mean, this is not only for uh, Americans to defend and also for Chinese people in America, even if you are not American citizens or in Canada, even if you are not a Canadian citizen, but you stay here, you enjoy all the benefits in this system, you enjoy the free world, so you have to do something to keep this system away from CCP's undermining and destroying. So, yeah, thank you so much for joining me today and uh, the voice of Dr. Yan every Saturday and Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud and iHeartRadio. And later it will be played on various apps for free like Spotify, Pandora and the Google Podcast.